Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? What was that? What is that? Heaven on earth. I'm oh my God, kidding. is that Oxycontin? No, don't take that right now. Oh my God, what's the other one? That's Xanax? Oh, don't do that, you're pregnant. It's causing an uproar amongst our listeners. <laughs> no, uh, just Unison that I will be taking in one hour. You have Ooh. one hour. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Monday it's night recording is for the birds. It's really, oh God, sorry about it. I know, I know. I got on Zoom, listeners, and <clears throat> Rach and I are dressed alike. <sighs> well, yeah. not mean to be, but I will, I'll put up, for those who watch on YouTube, we're not the weird twins, I swear to God. I'll put on my cardigan to prove it, even though I'm hot. Uh, you don't have to, who cares? Mine's um, like olive green. It's the exact same shirt. It's mine's a dress, so it's already uh, not. Who okay. cares? All right. Just the tops look like it. Okay. Hey, everyone. I don't have much of the top except for some Patreon shout outs. Alicia? Alicia? There's an IA. Uh, and Rachel and Riley. Thanks. Thanks, all, and welcome. You have welcome. some bonus episodes to get to. My bonus episode is next um i think that's rebecca speaking i think we're gonna do another survivor story i'm sorry i'm so drawn to them <laughs> i don't mind I put it on patreon i know i put it on um patreon to see if you patreons were sick of them if you're sick of people living uh, oh my god you're just sick of people fighting for their life but y'all aren't so and i'm just so drawn to them i do not know why so Prepare for that. They're always so good. Because it, it means that someone was a badass. Exactly. It's like, oh, and they're in the worst situation ever. And you're like, how are they going to get out of this? Yeah. I just, I love a survivor story. Mm. Yeah. No, totally. I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind them at all. I love when people live. It's my favorite. Oh, I know. Um, my only other thing is to tell y'all that our... Other side gig is having final sale, 60% off inventory. That's Twinks, T-W-I-N-N-K-S. It's bras, loungewear. It's uber comfy. We just got to get rid of inventory, get it out the dough. And then after this, I'm literally like liquidating it, like no more. So buy some, buy some for your friends. It like marks down the bra from like 74 bucks to like 28 or something. Yeah. It's like crazy. I mean, it's Come on. We're not liquidating the company because the products suck. Oh, yeah. We just couldn't get the word out. And, you know, it takes money to make money. You know the saying. And we spent all of our money towards the product. So <laughs> we had yeah. no marketing or PR money. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's a it's very hard to start an apparel company. Y'all, no one told us that. Y'all, yeah, we had no idea. No clue. No one told us that it would be hard. Psych. But we did. Psych. We worked our ass off for like four years getting this company off the ground. And while it didn't work out, I'm having way too much fun with people are the worst anyway. But yeah. help us get rid of that inventory. Come on. Come on. 
All right. Anything else? We saw each other. We saw each other this weekend, so we're like all out of combo. We literally yeah. saw each other yesterday, mm-hmm. and we'll get to a point one day when we have like travel equipment. Because every time we were together on a weekend, I'm like, why can't we just record together? It would be so fun. It would be so much fun, and probably all- easier. Easier, but it is probably unrealistic given like it's usually like family stuff, and yeah, like I don't know when we'd have an hour or two solo. Mm-hmm. but yeah so there you go we're we're all out of topics we're running was, out of things to talk about it was so fun though it was okay today i rachel am telling my identical twin sister and best friend <laughs> rebecca jesus about sonia ivanoff looking forward to it okay sonia ivanoff was born in 1984 and grew up in unilocleate alaska I, I, uh, Googled that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Googled how to pronounce a bunch of stuff in this. So I spelled out phonetically next to it. Unilocleate. It's tough. Unilocleate is a small village with a population of about 700. It's over 500 miles from Anchorage and 77% of the people there are native Alaskans, including Sonia. Mm -hmm. Sonia was the fourth of six kids and was described as friendly and outgoing. She was also on honor roll and the star of her high school basketball team. After she graduated from high school in 2002, Sonia moved to Nome, Alaska to get an apartment with her best friend, Timory. She got a job in the hospital admissions department at the Norton Sound Health Corporation. Her plan was to move to Nome to get a job and save money so then she could move to Hawaii for college. Nice. Vastly different. Oh, my God. Alaska to Hawaii. No, I cannot. Nome is bigger than Unilocleet, but it's still only 3,600 people. Uber small. Small. Nome is best known for being the finish line of the Iditarod Trail sled dog race. I know someone who won that. Just saying. That that one? Yeah, Iditarod. Oh, my God. Yeah. That guy. I met him. Yeah, you met him in Charlotte. But wait, what is it again? It's a sled dog race. No, I heard that. But like, how long do they go? And it's a thousand mile race with sled dogs. Uh, it begins in Willow, Alaska, and ends nine to ten days later in Nome. <gasps> oh. Same, not same dogs. And it's in March, so it's. I mean, I can't think of a time of year in Nome, Alaska, that I'd say it's. So the weather was nice out, but it's so freezing. Yeah, dogs, sled dogs. I know, but the same. <laughs> I don't know shit about this sport. Well, I'm like, same dogs? They had to run 1,000 miles straight? <laughs> I would imagine, yeah. Not straight. You got to stop. I mean, you got to stop and sleep. Yeah, that's true. All right. I don't know. Anyway, that's where it ends in Nome, Alaska. Uh, Nome's town motto is there's no place like Nome. <laughs> love that. I, I love a play on words. Love a pun. And just some more trivia for you. In Nome, you're closer to Russia than you are the rest of the U.S. Stop. Yep. That's interesting. Rural West. Okay. So she, Sonia, loved Nome. The big city. The big city. (laughs) It was really safe. She had a bunch of friends there, and they're all in that fun stage of life, you know. I love that stage of life. You're in your 20s. Yeah. Well, responsibility. They're a little younger because 
they just graduated high school and they moved there. Oh, but, yeah. So, because she's saving for college. But on Sunday, August 10th, 2003, Sonia and Timory went out with some friends around 11 p.m., which Timory described as early, and that blew my <laughs> mind. Although, in their defense, the sun sets around midnight this time of year in Nome. So, we were in Anchorage last July and it was still light out, still light out at 11 p.m. So it's just insane. What a fascinating place. Do we have any Alaskan listeners? Yeah, I think a couple. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, I've like been just, there. Yeah. Not but is there. that the 11 p.m. is early to go out? I'm exhausted. Oh, well, that I think is also like they're young and yeah, who cares? No, they're young and who cares about that? But the fact that the sun's not down yet, like, sunglasses on at midnight <laughs> yeah so crazy okay yeah. sorry so they go to a friend's house and Sonia wasn't feeling that well so she only had one beer around 1 a.m Timory decided to leave because she had work in the morning Sonia had Monday off but again wasn't feeling great so she was like I'll leave too this was a Sunday yeah oh okay Sunday fun day awesome down always Timory was staying at her friend's house, so she and Sonia said their standard, peace out, pal. That's what they said to each other. Mm -hmm. And she walked one way. Sonia started walking towards the apartment. An employee at a gas station said he saw Sonia walk by sometime between 1 and 1.15 a.m. A few minutes later, two sisters, Denite, Denite and Florence, were sitting on their porch smoking and saw Sonia walk by. They all somewhat knew each other, again, mm -hmm. known as Tiny, but I believe Denite Den had seen Sonia play basketball in like a community game. So they were acquaintances. Everyone exchanged pleasantries and Sonia kept walking. Yeah. When Timory came home around 6 a.m. on August 11th, the Monday, she was shocked that Sonia wasn't home yet. She called a bunch of their friends, but none of them knew where she was or had talked to her. By Tuesday, when Sonia still wasn't home, Timory learned that she didn't show up at work either. So she mm -hmm. called the police station, but not to file a missing persons report to see if she was in jail. Mm -hmm. She was not. Just after 5 p.m. that day, when she still had not heard from her, she went to the police station and filed a missing persons report. She hadn't seen her in over 40 hours. Yeah. It was like 41 hours. Yeah. And that's her roommate? Yeah. Yeah. She walks in the police station, and she's hysterically crying. Cops ask if Sonia could just be partying. No, no. Look, no one's partying for 41 hours. I mean, when, when you didn't feel well to begin with, like she yeah. had one beer. Yeah. No, officer, try again. Unfortunately, the police department has this reputation for not putting much time and effort into cases involving Alaskan natives. That's a problem in a lot of places. Right, that it is, but, and it's 71% or 70% of their population in Nome? No, that's, that's Unilocleat. Uh, 77% of Unilocleat is Alaskan Native. But a lot in Nome, too. I don't know the percentage. I could look. Well, that's some bullshit. No, I know. At 8.30 p.m., a group of volunteers started searching for Sonia. One of the volunteers was a retired attorney, John Larson, he thought that if something really bad happened, she may be found a little outside of Nome. Everyone was searching in, like, in the town. And he was like, no, 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 let's drive out. So he and his wife drive a little bit outside of town, like five minutes, and saw fresh tire tracks on a dirt road that they knew rarely got traffic. Mm -hmm. Nobody's using this road. Right. 
So they drove down it and sure enough found a naked woman lying on the lying on the ground, clearly dead. He immediately went to get the police. They followed him back and confirmed it was Sonia. Mm. Known police isn't equipped to handle murder, obviously, as you can mm-hmm. imagine. Yep. So they get the Alaska Bureau of Investigation and other agencies involved, all based out of Anchorage, the big city, mm-hmm. which, which, again, is over 500 miles away. And here's another little piece of trivia for you. Mm. You can't drive to Nome because it's not a part of the Alaska highway system. What do you? Yeah. There are no roads to connect it to the rest of the state. So you have to fly no matter what. No matter what. what? It's not the only one either. We'll get there. Isn't that insane? Shut up. You just have to like bungee jump in. <laughs> That it really is. And Alaska is fascinating. No, you can fly in I'm and land on a runway, uh-huh. but you cannot drive in. There's no interstate. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. I know, right? So even with Anchorage police coming to help, they're not able to get there for a while. Like sometimes in Alaska, the first 48 hours, not possible. Mm-hmm. So Did you know Delaware doesn't have an airport. You have to drive there. The whole state Um, of Delaware, no airport. No commercial airport. Interesting. I'm sure there are private ones. Yeah, that's interesting. So Mm -hmm. what's, where do you... Here are your options. If Baltimore. Okay. Philly or D.C. Philly's the closest. Okay. I always fly into Philly if I'm going to Lewis, Delaware. Mm Mm-hmm. Great little town, guys. Yeah. The known police do their best to... preserve the scene and the forecast is calling for rain so they covered the entire road where sonia is found and sonia's body with tarps <sighs> they don't want the rain to wash away the tire tracks any of the evidence so i'll post a picture it's like literally tarps down this huge road oh wow they also take shifts watching the crime scene all night in case grizzly bears or other wildlife <gasps> com- come to destroy it i mean this shit you have to do it's insane So the outside agencies finally get there like a day or two later. And good news, they rocked it. Everything Mm. is preserved. They did a great job. They can see a big pool of blood around Sonia and see that a tire track drove through it. So whoever's at fault, there's going to be blood on their tire. Nice. They also notice that there seems to be one tire tread that's different from the other three not like a different car, like one car with three of the same tires and one different. Right. There are also some branches with a tiny bit of blue paint on them, and it's like a little high. So -hmm. they're thinking a blue SUV fled the scene and scraped against the branches. Interesting. Okay. And then with Sonia, they see that she's naked except for one sock. She has one sock on. She has bruises on her chest and face, and it has Mm. a single gunshot wound to the back of the head from a 22 Mm. aside from the tire track and the paint on the branches there's no usable forensic evidence the rape kit is negative there's no for there's no foreign dna on her or under her fingernails nothing but it had rained the night she went missing Uh, Like, like when she was walking home it was raining okay that wouldn't affect the rape kit though right yeah she they they don't think she was raped that is so weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah, she's naked. So rain, real bad for evidence. They have the tire tracks and the blue paint. That's pretty much it. 
investigators go to Timory to have her write down the names of every single friend, acquaintance, literally anyone who knew Sonia. One guy stood out to everyone. He was their friend Kunik. His real name was Daniel. Everyone called him Kunik. He always had a thing for Sonia. They almost dated, but Sonia called it off. She just like wasn't into it. He was known for having a really bad temper. Known police already knew him because of the past domestic violence calls that they used to get from his ex-girlfriend. Like he was just a hothead. Yeah. Mm. So they go chat with Kunik. And, and he got like, rejected by Sonia. Uh-oh. Yeah. Not yeah. looking good for Kunik. Right. So they're like, hey, we want to talk to you, but real quick, what kind of car do you drive? And they go to look at it, and it's a blue truck. Mm. They tow the truck to the forensic lab, and they illuminate all the tires, inside the truck, everything, and it lights up. Oh, shit. Yeah. In addition to the luminol, they see that he has two mismatched tires. The one mm-hmm. at the scene only had one... But still, yeah, catches their attention. Sure. There's a tarp in the back of his truck with a significant amount of blood on it, all dry blood. There are also three, three rifles in there, one of which had blood on it, and he had blood on his tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. It's not looking good. Mm-hmm. They bring him in for questioning, and he says he hasn't seen Sonia in two weeks. Uh, he hasn't even talked to her. He went hunting with friends the day and night she went missing. They asked why he had blood on his tires, and he said he ran over a rabbit, which is Yikes. sad. He actually said he ran over the rabbit, but noticed it didn't die, so got out and, like, hit it with a, one of the guns. So he was like, uh-uh. Uh-huh. Why are we pistol-whipping rabbits? Well, it, he was putting it out of his misery, so oh. I don't know. gross. Then Koenig was like, oh, yeah, and I also shot a porcupine, so some of the blood could be from that. Just like killing everything. Yeah, no, going everything in his way. <laughs> Meanwhile, they have Sonia's funeral back in Unalakleet. They weren't going to have an open casket because of the bruising, and Sonia really liked to have her face all done. That was one thing that Timory said when she didn't come home to redo her makeup, was like, there's no way. Oh. Um, so her sister did her makeup for the funeral so they could have an open casket. Oh. I know, isn't that sad? Oh, my God. Shot in the head. Back of the head. I mean, I know, but... Yeah. After the funeral, they finally got back the lab work from Koenig's truck, and not one speck of blood was human. Koenig! Yeah. The tire tracks and blue paint actually didn't match either. (sighs) They even drove to the place where he said he shot the porcupine, and that checked out. They found the porcupine. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. He's like, wow. told ya, told ya. The odds of that you have two mismatched tires, although I know at the scene it was only one, but still. Yeah. My God. So Koenig's cleared. <gasps> oh, my God. Sonia's case starts to slow down after this. Only two of the eight known police officers remain on the case. They have eight police officers. Two of them are on it. These two were Byron Redburn and Brian Oyavana. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) You gave yourself a little props. (laughs) Yeah, nailed it. Well, it starts with a W. So I I really want to pronounce everything right. I know. But it's Oyavana. Brian became good friends with Sonia's family, so he was determined. 
He worked the night shifts and thought that Byron Redburn, the other investigator who worked the day shifts, wasn't doing enough. So he took matters into his own hands. Mm-hmm. He went to Sonia's case file and reread every single piece of evidence. In it, he found a handwritten tip that was called in, but nobody seemed to follow up on. The tip was from, from Florence. Remember the sisters sitting on the porch smoking? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Florence had called <clears throat> known police as soon as she heard that Sonia was missing to tell them this, but it went unanswered for over a month until this angel investigator took another look. She said that after they talked and she saw Sonia, Sonia kept walking and a car drove by her, slowed down, turned around, rolled down the window and talked to Sonia. They talked for a second and then Sonia got in the passenger seat and the car drove north, which is not in the direction of Sonia's apartment, but it is in the direction of the road where she was found. Mm-hmm. Florence looked at the time and it was 1.26 a.m. Get it, flow. I know. So she was officially <clears throat> had the last reported sighting of Sonia. Mm-hmm. When it took over a month for someone to contact her about the tip, she was very concerned that a cover-up was happening because... The car that picked up Sonia was a known police car. Oh, shit. Dirty cop. Brian said, and um, Brian Oyavana, the great one who was who found the tip and was like, wait, why did no one follow up on this bullshit? I'm not bullshit on this smoking gun. Because it's your colleague, sir. Yeah, I know. But he doesn't give a shit. Mm -hmm, Good. Brian said, I'm grateful for smokers who don't smoke in their house. <laughs> oh, crazy. yeah. It's like, blessed you're out on your porch. That's awesome. Thanks. For that 1 a.m. sig. Yeah. It's a given to that craving. Hell yeah. The night's young. It was just sundown. <laughs> That's right. Damn. So Brian went to the police chief and told him what Florence saw, and the chief called the Alaska Bureau of Investigation to, to take over the case. It's common when an investigation starts to point at its own police department, you you get someone else to do it, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Right. Now the suspect pool goes from, like, everyone is a suspect to Eight two. People. No, two police officers that were on duty that night. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah there's eight police officers in the whole thing, but two are on duty, duty at a time. Wow. <laughs> duty. <laughs> Family guy. No, friends. Oh, friends, uh, yeah. Probably family guy, too. Yeah. The two, off- two officers were Matt Owens and Stan Pasquia. Each of them had worked as a known police officer for about three years. Both of them were married, but Matt and his wife were going through a divorce and custody battle of their son. The known police department had three police expeditions. Two were older models and one was new. That night, Matt Owens had the older, one of the older ones, and Stan had the new one. And when they asked Florence to describe the car, she said she thought it was the new one. Mm-hmm. When asked about their whereabouts that night, they both said that they had, well, there was a domestic violence call around midnight. Both of them responded to it. So mm-hmm. they were dealing with that for about an hour. And the guy involved actually tried to fight both of them. So he got, they arrested him. And when they got back to the police station around 1 a.m., they booked that guy Stan started working on the police report, and then Matt went to supervise a bar closing from 1.30 to 2 a.m. After their shift ended, Matt gave Stan a ride home at 2.50 a.m. Let's pull some dash cam footage, shall we? 2003, um, yeah, obviously. Sorry. 
just thinking through um, whether or not they had it back then or something. Yeah, or, or yeah. a police department this small had anything like that. That's true. Okay. A week or so after the two officers were questioned on September 23rd, 2003, shortly after midnight, another officer on duty noticed that one of the older expeditions was missing. Mm. So he radioed Matt Owens, who was again on duty that night, asking if he knew where it was. And Matt said, I have no clue. So the officer called the police chief. So now there's this big hunt for this missing police car. The chief and all the officers on duty are scouring known for it. The main concern is that all three of their cars have a gun in the back ready to oh, go. Oh, God, yeah. So if a civilian stole it, it's scary AF. Oh, God, yeah. At this point, it was dark out, so one of the police officers went up to some hill where you can apparently see the entire town because his thought was if teenagers stole it because they thought teenagers did the first thing they'd do is play with the lights. So he was like, if I can see the entire... My God, that's hilarious. He was like... Exactly right. Yeah. So he was like, if I can see the entire town, it's dark out, I'm going to see those lights. But... (laughs) Oh my God, those idiot kids are on the PA system. (laughs) Yeah. But nope. Mm. Didn't see anything. But smart, you know? Hilarious. Hilarious. Sure. That right there tells me they don't have... <clears throat> any sort of tracking or dash oh, yeah. cam footage or anything yeah, in these police cars. Yeah. I know. Because I read this, I mean, doing my research, even when you ask that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that because it's just like thing after thing that I'm like, clearly not. Yeah, they clearly didn't have that. I don't even know. Maybe you have to turn on your dash cam. I don't know. I don't know shit. I don't know okay. shit, bitch. At 2.51 a.m., Matt Owens radioed that he found the car. He... It was at a gravel pit that was not too far from where Sonia's body was found. Two minutes later, he radioed again, screaming in a panic that shots are being fired. Mm. The nearest officer gets there as quickly as he could. He couldn't find Matt at first and didn't hear gunshots, but Matt finally came up from the pit, from a pit where he was hiding. He said they they only fired two shots at him, but during the shootout, he kept thinking about his four-year-old son growing up without a father and when the police chief got there, he told him that he was not sure he was cut out for police work. <gasps> like, scared the shit out of him. Oh, my God. He was like, I was just used to uh, supervising bar closing. Right. Not right. being shot at. So they set up a perimeter. They couldn't find anyone. So they're t- they turned their attention back to the police car. Someone had thrown a rock through the driver's side window so it was kind of easy to steal. They would keep their keys in the car and it was just locked with a keypad. So if someone threw a rock through the window, especially if whatever the older expedition was, it probably had no alarm. Right. The, keys, the keys are in the ignition. So mm-hmm. see ya. The gun, uh, the gun they kept in the back was gone. There was no fingerprints or DNA on the car, but there was an envelope left on the driver's seat and there was a note. Oh, perfect. The note said, pigs. I hate cops. <laughs> I hate every one of you. Sonia was just a person in the wrong place at the wrong time. I do not know her. As you can see, it was easy for me to take your pig car keys right there. <laughs> it, it was not her fault. She thought I was a pig and shit just happened. <laughs> this part's not funny. I'm sorry, but like you are starting every sentence with pig. We get it. They hate pigs. <laughs> they Got hate it. Them. Bacon. Loud and and clear. Okay. It was not her fault. She thought I was a pig and shit just happened. 
She was just a person. And I wanted to see if I could that night. Every one of you should be more careful. I watch every move you make. You leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. I'll also shoot you in the head if you get close. <laughs> Damn. So this guy's like, I stole the cop car. I killed Sonia. Y'all are idiots. Y'all need to be careful. We ha I hate pigs. Right. This person also left some proof. Sonia's ID was in the envelope. Oh, shit. He ain't playing. Again, no fingerprints or DNA on the letter, ID, or envelope. Mm -hmm. So while they're looking into that, ABI arranges for Stan and Matt to come to Anchorage for an interview and polygraph test. Matt Owens is still shaken over the shootout, so he delayed his trip and instead went to a therapist who was associated with the police department. So Stan went to Anchorage solo, and then five days later, Matt went to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Both of their timelines from that night match. Uh, they do a polygraph test, and they ask both of them if Sonia had ever been in their patrol car. They both say no. Matt did admit to having civilians ride along with them, which they did not like, but right, not murder. His, like, friends. <laughs> so weird. Oh, my God, but that'd be so interesting as a civilian. And no, Matt, I was about to say, actually, mm, no, it not wouldn't. really. Yeah. Matt fails the polygraph test, which normally I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, it means nothing to me. Who cares? But they go check the logs for the night that he was on duty, the night Sonia was killed. And even though he says he was supervising a bar closing from 1.30 to 2 a.m., there's no record of it. They're, they're supposed to log, like, every single thing they oh. do. And he didn't log that. So really, from the time they got back from the domestic violence call to the time he gave Stan a ride home is unaccounted for. That's, like, 1 a.m. to 2.50 a.m., Oh, shit, Matt. No idea where he mm -hmm. is. And as a reminder, Florence saw her get into the car at 1.26 a.m. Right. He became prime suspect. And on October 25th, 2003, he's arrested. Two days after that, he's officially fired from Nome PD. Mm. After his arrest, women started coming forward with some concerning stories about Matt. Their stories ranged from stalking to rape. Holy shit. He would patrol during the night shift looking for opportunities to get women, usually native women, into his car and sexually assault them. They'd usually been drinking, and in one case, he even staged an arrest. I don't know what for. I think probably like public intoxication. Oh. And he put her in the back of a patrol car where he got in and raped her before letting her go <gasps> and then told her, quote, nobody will believe a drunk Alaskan native over an officer. Oh. <gasps> So she thought she was getting arrested. Yeah. Oh. I know. And because of that sad truth of no one would believe him, oh. a lot of them did not report it, and those who did said nothing came of it. Oh, my God. That's so obnoxious. So sad. So unfair. I know. Even when I was researching this, I was like, so this was in 2003, and that is really sad, and I was researching this and Googled um, I needed something about Florence, the sister. Mm -hmm. So I Googled her name in Nome, Alaska, and she was involved in a lawsuit where um, she was working at the police station and was assaulted and press charges. Nothing came of it. They did end up having a court date for him, but didn't tell her. So she couldn't go and like speak on her behalf, being like, this is how it impacted me. This is what happened. So, so she just looked like a no show. Yeah. And so the she, charges were probably dropped. No, no. He was charged with uh, <clears throat> fourth degree assault, which is a misdemeanor. He was fired from the, the police department, but then rehired. 
And she like was like, I didn't even know he was going to court. I would have gone and like said, my side. Nope. Oh they my God. They didn't tell her. And that was like 2018, like 15, <gasps> 15 years after this. So like to say that this is common is really unfortunately true. Ugh. Piece of shits. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was common. I just, yeah. It's always a sad example. I know. She's a, that's so sad. Yeah. She's a star witness in a murder case. I know. So show her some respect, damn it. Right. No, they're assholes. So this also started making sense of why he actually, Matt would request the night shift. No one wants that shit. No one wants that shit. He did. Gross. Predator. But Mm -hmm. remember, there is no DNA implicating Matt. Nothing. They haven't even found Sonia's clothes or the murder weapon at this point. All they know is a twenty-two, and that's not a gun that cops carry around. That's not what they carry. Byron Redburn, the other investigator who was on the case when it was down to two, pointed out that there was a twenty-two in the evidence room, like another yeah. another crime. They do mm-hmm. have access to a twenty-two, so mm-hmm. now they're thinking Matt could have borrowed it, used it, and brought it back without really anyone noticing. Mm-hmm. Again, no proof. Also. The police car does not have mismatched tires, obviously. Yeah. So that stumped them. But a couple came forward saying that night they were driving around and had to pee and they got out on that road to oh. pee, not realizing that they were peeing like really close to Sonia's dead body. Mm. And so that it was their tire track that was mixed in. So it was from another car. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that was to- the mismatched tire, totally unrelated. Mm. In November, state troopers were led to a creek about 75 miles outside of Nome called Coffee Creek, which is a place that Matt frequented. There's a fire pit there, and someone said they saw Matt there throwing gloves in a fire. So troopers were like, well, okay, let's see what else is in this fire. They sift through the ashes of the fire pit and find grommets from a pair of jeans, and you can barely see that the brand is tilt. They also find eyelets from a pair of sketchers and mm-hmm. underwire from a bra, four keys on a ring and zippers. On the night she disappeared, Sonia was wearing Timory sketchers. She had borrowed oh. them. So Timory like knew like, no, she was definitely wearing like my sketchers mm-hmm. and a pair of jeans, but she wasn't sure which jeans, but Timory and Sonia's sister both said she had tilt jeans. Mm. One of the keys found was similar to Sonia's apartment key, but it was too burned to tell for sure. So they did a replica and it fit the apartment lock, but didn't open it. But then they suggested that it may not have opened it because of heat damage. But I'm like, but it was a replica. So I didn't get, I really did not understand that. But another one of the keys belonged to Michael Owens, who was Matt's uncle. Mm. I think it was his P.O. box key, but it was his. It was Michael's. So still circumstantial. They don't have hard evidence that it was Matt who burned all these things at the fire pit, but pretty damning. Yeah. After two months in jail, Matt was granted supervised release until trial. (laughs) You yawned and it really distracted me. (laughs) So He gets to to get out supervised until trial. Stupid. Also unfair for a murder trial. No, no, you shouldn't be allowed to get out. Supervised or not, it's a murder trial. You stay in there. I want to. The trial began on January 18th, 2005, which makes me think that I think I said he was arrested October 2003. It was October 2004. If I said that, quick correction. 
but I'll just say, I don't care where well, I'm not going like, to go back and re I'm just telling y'all right now. Yeah. Yeah. So if I said that it was 2004, Matt filed a motion to have it moved to Fairbanks or Anchorage because of the pretrial publicity. And it's a small ass town. So the jurors, the jurors will likely know people involved, mm -hmm. but the judge is like, nah, <laughs> no, let's just do this. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. He was being charged with first degree murder and tampering with evidence. They were calling 187 on a motherfucking cop. cop. It's not on the paper, it's on the walls. Wait. Yeah, that's it. It's not on the papers, it's on the oh. walls. Now, no. now he knows God spoke from all around. There you go. Nailed Guys, it's it. sublime. Nailed it. It's sublime, April 29th, 1992. There was a riot in the streets. Tell me, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> I could do that whole entire song, but I won't. I think I could do. Hold, oh, hold on. Rebecca's taking your unisom. <laughs> Here it is. The moment we've all been waiting for. <laughs> I have 25 pages left. <laughs> I, would, I would die. The sexual assault allegations from the women who came forward were ruled inadmissible. So he couldn't, he didn't have to answer to any of that. Wait, why were they? Um, I don't know. Cause he's a cop. Okay. Yeah. Florence, who the witness who saw her smoking on the front porch, you know, I mean, the witness who was smoking on the front porch and saw her. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. You're so annoying. <laughs> oh my God. I wish y'all could all see us. Well, that'll be a hoot for the YouTubers. <laughs> You're so annoying. She fell asleep directly on her mic. Probably made a loud bang that poor Jacob has to clean up now. <laughs> I couldn't resist. It was just, I was not going to be able to focus until I did it. This <laughs> <laughs> is so funny. You done? Yeah, I am. It was just the little things, y'all. It keeps me going. It keeps me going. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, I'm done. All right. Florence, the witness who saw Sonia get in the expedition, te testified that she thought it was the new one, which Stan was driving that night, but she said it didn't have running boards. So they're like, oh, then it's the old one. One of the old ones. She noticed that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were pretty close to her. Yeah, but to note, I wouldn't notice. Like running boards, but you step on to get into yeah. the car? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wouldn't have noticed that, but good for her. Yeah. Uh, so it was actually the older one she saw, not new. Uh-huh. The defense argued that they needed to look at Byron Redburn, the other cop, mm -hmm. because he's the one that told them to look for the murder rep weapon in the evidence room. How did they, how did he know that there was a 22 in there? I'm like, because he's a cop at the known PD. What do you do? That means nothing to me. I hope, what? Yeah, I was involved in that case. So, I mean, who knows? Well, and he had reason to frame Matt Owens. He hated him because he was having an affair with his daughter. Mm. Matt was having an affair with his colleague's daughter. Mm. This is neither here nor there, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. This is not like a hot cop. He's disgusting. I would imagine. That's why he has to drive around at night looking for drunk girls to... Ugh take advantage of I'm like fake arrests so they're apprehended and he can do whatever he wants yeah no i'm not i'm not picturing a hot cop so byron hates matt with reason but 
there was literally no other evidence against Byron, so that went nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah. He knew what was in the evidence room. Like, yeah, maybe he's doing his damn job. Yeah, maybe he's a, he's a diligent cop. Get out of here. The prosecution said that Matt staged the cop car theft and planted Sonia's idea, ID and the note to throw the, off the investigation, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and shift attention away from him. This is what was getting his tampering with evidence charge. But again, no DNA, no fingerprints. But they did find out that the note came from a printer that Matt could have had access to. Mm. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, it could have come from a printer that Matt may have had access. Like, that's just yeah. too much. Yeah. <clears throat> they also said that someone came forward who was a friend of Matt's landlord. And Matt's landlord told him that before the cop car was stolen, she saw Sonia's ID in Matt's living room. Oh, and was shit. like, whoa, that's the girl that's missing. And he was like, yeah, it's evidence in the case. I'm, I'm going to take it back to the station, like, as if he brought home some work to do. So I don't think that's allowed either. <clears throat> well, no. <laughs> to bring home evidence. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> but they were old. The landlord and Matt were old family friends, like, go way, way back. So when investigators asked her about it, she denied that that ever happened. But her friend was mm. like, no, no, she definitely told me that. They even had, the friend was even like, I'll get her on the phone and I'll make her say it, like record my phone. So they do. And she, the guy can't get her to say that she saw the ID, but they start talking about the case. And I think he asked, after you told the cops that you didn't see that, like, then what would you do with that information? She was mm. like, nothing. Forgot all about it. Never to be mentioned again. So she didn't technically say. Yeah. That she saw it on the phone call, on the recorded phone call, but it was, like, very implied. She definitely didn't say, I have no idea what she's talking about. Right. So, eh, still sketchy. That would have been really crucial for the prosecution, but she's sticking by her buddy. Yeah. Matt's wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, Trin, testified that around 4.30 p.m. on August 12th, Matt called her to ask if she could take their son a little early because he needed to go to work because a girl was missing and it, quote, didn't look good. So, like, and so what? He's a cop. Sure. He needs to go look into that. But Sonia wasn't reported missing until about 515 on August 12th. Oh, shit, Matt. 45 minutes after he told Trent that is when she was reported missing. Matt says. Why did he say that? (laughs) He's an idiot. But Matt says. He says, no way, that's not true. He called her to get their son early on August 19th so he could help with evidence search, not August 12th. He said that did not happen August 12th. But Trent says, no, no, I'm not getting the days mixed up. I know it was August 12th because it was your birthday. Oh, so sorry. Hi-o. Hi-o. I remember thinking, oh, that sucks. You have to work on your birthday type of thing. I remember thinking, <laughs> You have to work on your birthday? That sucks. (laughs) Idiot. Get out of here. (laughs) So (laughs) a trooper who was on the case, William Guilford, said, testified that the absence of trace evidence and Sonia's clothes indicated that the killer had evidence awareness. I'm putting putting quotes up because that's what he said. Yeah. Like they knew what they were doing, what they needed to get rid of. So investigators would have a really hard time, which a cop would obviously know something like that. Yeah. However, one could argue someone obsessed with true crime podcasts could also know some of that stuff. Right. Could have been any of our listeners. Just right. Plus, it rained that night 
et cetera. Like a lot, there's a lot of reasons the evidence was not there, but Mm -hmm. a cop doing it could be one of them. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or to further that, it could be a guy who's done it before. Yeah, true. Ultimately, the jury couldn't reach a verdict and it was declared a mistrial. Oh my God. But the second trial was October 17th, 2005. And again, Matt asked for it to be moved to Anchorage or Fairbanks. Again, the judge was like, nah. <laughs> but they did move it to Kotzebue. Kotzebue. Nailed it. Nailed it. That's like an hour flight. <laughs> Get this. This is going to blow your mind even more. It's like an hour flight from Nome. But online said it's 107 miles away, but driving would take seven hours and 15 minutes. What? That's how the roads are. There's no, I, I imagine Katsubu is also not on the God. interstate system. So you would just have to go. It's 107, I think, air miles. So to go drive there would be, you would have to go some insane way. Seven hours and 15 minutes. So you don't do it. You don't do it. No, you don't. Oh, my God. I know. The second trial is more of the same from the first. The prosecution's arguments, the defense saying, look at Byron Redburn, whatever. Mm -hmm. This time the jury finds him guilty and he is sentenced to 101 years in prison. Damn good. Yay, Sonia got her justice. I know. He's appealed it a bunch of times, Mm -hmm. all of which have been denied. His biggest contention is that the trial wasn't moved to Anchorage or Fairbanks and the jury was biased. (laughs) Particularly, Jur Ella Ivanov, <gasps> who was married, who was married to a relative of Sonia's dad, was served on the jury. Wait, <laughs> how they is did, that allowed? How conflict of interest galore? Okay, well, I couldn't find anywhere who she was married to, what relative, if they even really knew each other. The judge was questioning why he didn't remove that juror and. Um, it was pretty, sorry, and I should have gotten the quote, but it was pretty much like she, we interviewed every single juror and she came off like someone who would be a good representation of Alaskan natives. She was outspoken. She was smart, like, you know, newer shit, but didn't seem like she was, I guess, going to be swayed by the fact that this was her, the victim was her relative. So they're like, no, we're not removing her. She's fine. Oh my God. Like, do that that, is, I mean, but is that, I guess that's just what you do in a small ass town. I mean, I bet a lot of people we know. Small ass towns. I do not think that would be allowed. I know. I don't think so either. But, and then again, it could have been, I mean, they're close enough to have the same last name, but. But even if they weren't, really picture it. If you, even if it's a cousin of a cousin of a cousin of a cousin you've never met, you've never. Just knowing the fact that like, we share the same last name. I'm related to this person. I'm getting her motherfucking justice. Yeah, that's so true. Like, Don't he know. does have a tie to her. Yeah. So oh, he, oh, my God. He's, like, amazing. trying to appeal. He's trying to get a new um, trial because this juror was on there. But they're like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. Quit bringing this up. Sorry. Get We're over so, it. Get over it. <laughs> The Sonia Ivanov law was passed by Alaska legislature in 2007. The law mandates that a police officer convicted of committing murder while on duty has to be sentenced to, I guess, at least 99 years in prison. 
Wow. Just 99 years, but I mean, he got 101. So, mm-hmm. and that's the case of Sonia Ivanov. Holy <laughs> shit. The weird thing, he had not murdered before. So that does seem yeah. escalated. And why would she make it? The whole thing was he picked her up to do more of the same, his stupid MO, mm-hmm. and realized she wasn't drunk and therefore would be pretty credible. She's like, yeah. I, nope, I was not drunk. And so he just like lost his shit and freaked out. He ch- he came on to her. She rejected him. I don't know why she was naked. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Oh my God. That is just so fucked up. And that Kunat guy who had all the crazy excuses in the world that turned out to be true. Yeah. Um, so that's the story of Sonia Ivanov. Good for her. I'm glad she got justice. That is so unfair for the others. I know it's bullshit, but this guy's rotting his ugly ass in jail. Prison. Good. I hope it's cold there. I wonder if people ever listen, they're like, man, y'all are biased. <laughs> y'all really don't take an objective approach to y'all. Oh. <laughs> um, I just always yeah. assume that <laughs> I don't know. What? Oh. So what do you mean? Like, I see flack for people being like, like, and especially in this case, there's literally no evidence. I was about to ask what I was like, based on what was the nail in the coffin for him, for Matt? All of the circumstantial evidence together. I mean, there was a hundred, I mean, absolutely um, reasonable doubt, but. Right. Uh, Yeah. And that way, I mean, I, yeah, I can see how people would be, but who else would it have been? Well, I just get this gut feeling. And regardless of the murder evidence, we do know that a lot of women came forward with that story. Mm -hmm. I tend to believe, especially that many women. Right. Saying very similar stories on the same person at the same time through the same, you know. Right. Means a cop car and like posing to arrest people and looking for drunk, you know. I just yeah. believe it. And I don't think women would opt to come forward when nothing came from their own case. And it's about a cop. That's some dangerous waters to tread in. Yep. So, so. I believe them. And that pig can rot in hell. <laughs> Pigs, that note. But no, it was, it was so overdone. Of course, it was him. It's like, yeah. all right, calm down. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, little and, piggies. Oink, oink. And sorry, one more. Why would someone who hates pigs so much (laughs) (laughs) write a note getting the heat off of the cop? No, they want that cop to go to jail for this. Right. So someone who hates cops so much just gave him a get out of jail free note. No, no. That that person would have said, sat back and just watched. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Really stupid. Really stupid. So. Yep. All right, y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you. You're the best. People are the worst. Bye. Bye.